All right, welcome everybody. We have a great guest today, Feeney Goodman, a fantastic, uh, just general, uh, how would you describe yourself? Actress, comedian, yeah. uh, brilliant uh, commentator. Amazing that's, philosopher. <laughs> that's the way I look at you. On all things intelligent. Well, I must say, actually, um, all kidding and, aside. She, and the number one supporter of the entire yoga pants industry. Okay, excuse me. Who the hell are you? I'm nobody. <laughs> all right. <laughs> With me is Ari David, husband of said Feeney Goodman. So, in any event, do I'm you also go by... of mentally as mentally ill now. Okay. <laughs> I right. married Ari David. All right. <laughs> Anyway, see, she is uh, quite a beautiful lady. Uh, so, yes, if, if you were to actually see Ari and Feeney together, you would raise at least one eyebrow saying, these two go together how? <laughs> okay. I'm just going to say, I'm going to put it out there. But anyway, we love you, Ari. And kudos to you, uh, having snagged such a beautiful woman as such as Feeney. As Don Hendley of the Eagles said, what they had in common is they were good in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. All right. Enough about that. Well, we, we are going to talk uh, quite a bit about sex today. So uh, to the extent that you have young children about and are not comfortable, uh, then, of course, uh, maybe just to listen just to this to yourself. Just pull the car over, drop them off on the side of the road. <laughs> That's right. Come back in about 45 minutes. Yeah. And <laughs> drive around the block a few times until this is over, then pick them up. Oh, you guys are terrible. We terrible. are. We are. Bad we people. Are. I'm with bad people today. All right. So we're talking a lot about the, the kind of, uh, you know, hypocrisies, hypocrisies of uh, the sexual world. You know, we constantly are saying, you know, on the one hand this, on the other hand that. Constantly. I mean, that's, that's like the, the running theme, isn't it, Feeney, when it comes to sexuality in, in today's day and age, yep. where it really should be a very simple concept, right? We're talking about sex. You know, it's, um, you know, this part fits in that part. And sperm makes, you know, fertilizes an egg, you get a baby, the baby eventually grows up, and then he or she eventually meets somebody of the opposite sex, and, they, and the, the, the cycle repeats. Okay, it should be pretty simple, all right? And yet, and yet, we've managed to complicate this so bizarrely with, uh, what, 57 genders, and you're on some sort of spectrum, and you may feel like a woman this moment, but not that moment, um, and, you know, polyamory versus polygamy, and there's, there's incest, and there's bestiality, and, you know, where do I, you know, where do I put my, my penis? You know, it, it's, it's weird. It's, everything about it is weird, and you've got the, all the sorts of sex toys, and the national discussion seems to be so confused over something that is so simple. And it's a little bit like the, the pieces of the puzzle concept that Ari and I talked about last week, right, where you, you decide, well, you know, I see these two pieces of a puzzle. I'm not talking about man and woman now. Just any puzzle that you can think of. And, uh, you know, they seem somewhat to fit, but they're not really designed to fit, right? So you take your fist, you jam it together, and you say, they fit now, right? <laughs> but by, by doing that, of course, what do you do to the, to the rest of the puzzle? You totally screw it up. No matter where you were in the puzzle at this point, you're not going to be able to finish the puzzle the way you should. You, you won't see the ultimate picture. And I, and I see that when it comes to sex and sexuality and all the crazy things that we're dealing with. What do you think? Absolutely, I agree. And um, feminism has really messed with the minds of every woman. Yeah, yeah. Because it gives you such a mixed message. Yeah. You don't know whether to use your sexuality as currency to get a bunch of attention from adoring men or whether you're to be treated as just an intellectual it's it's very bizarre because on the one hand, I mean, and you they, can't have both, really. right? Right. Yeah. In my in my upcoming book, which is going to be Rise of the Sex Machines, there's a chapter about exactly this. It talks about the history of feminism, and I think we're on the fourth wave. You know, they make it seem like baseball cards. You know, we're on the, <laughs> you know, the second series or something like that. I don't know what series we're in. So feminism baseball cards would be so cool. Yeah, oh, it's I'm everyone. Trade Mylena Dunham for the Gloria Steinem. I got a Betty <laughs> Ferran rookie card here. Right, right. Oh. Oh, oh, hold on. I got the Onus Wagner of feminist cards. I have an original Margaret Sanger. Oh, wow. I got the Sanger with blood on her hands. Okay, okay. I'll trade you a Katy Perry and a Beyonce for the Sanger. No. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not giving up the Sanger for that. You guys are sick people. Anyway. 
the point is, you get this first wave through, the, and we're in some sort of wave now, either the fourth wave or the fifth wave. Who can keep track? Forget I mean, all the waves. Yes, I mean Too you have many to. Waves. So, and then there's uh, you know wave four uh, A and four B. I mean, it's it, it's kind of crazy. So, and, and then you actually try to define feminism. You know, you, you just, so you, yeah, we already tried that. Didn't we? Didn't we ask uh, the feminists in the box over there for help on that? Yes. It, it, even even Jeff Bezos in the with the girl's voice didn't come up with the answer. It was crazy. They they don't seem to understand themselves. You ask uh, any woman who who defines herself as a feminist that you ask what is feminism, and they'll say, well, um, you know, it's equal uh, equal opportunity um, to be treated as equals, which sounds nice, right? Um, but that's nowhere in the actual definition of feminism. If you ask Gloria Steinem that, she wouldn't say that. But And by the way, if it, if it were just equal access or equal opportunities, then why would you need a separate word, feminism, right? We, you know, we Jews, we're all Jewish, all three of us. Uh, we don't, there's no concept of Jewism, right? There's no, for blacks, it, we don't call it blackism. <laughs> right? I mean, oh God, that's brilliant. Right, but but it's true, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I have but, a great fem- definition. But but, of but, but just but just a second. So so feminism, however, therefore, because they have this this word, that intimates, and I'm using my lawyer hat now, but it intimates that there must be something unique by being a feminist, and I put that in air quotes. So what is it? What what do you want from me? Can I can I help you somehow, sir? You know, I feel like you know the, the guy, you know, barista, and you know, somebody's coming up and they, they want all these things. I'm like, I'm sorry, I I want to give you a coffee. Do you want a coffee, sir? You know, but he's just kind of talking about all these different things. Like, what can I? How can I serve you, sir? And nothing is happening. So. I'm, that's the way I feel about feminism. Well, well that's why I'm, uh, I think you've actually hit the nail on the head. The definition of feminism that you miss is that it's a movement designed to always make women right. And oh, I always see. make men wrong. Oh, I like that. Separate. Yeah. That's good. Separate. <laughs> that's good. Separate, though, from this thing called marriage. Heads which I win, tails you lose. Right. right. But marriage already did that, you understand? Right, right. So, but, and, but that doesn't work because that means we're going to engage in the, as they call it, the patriarchal, granular, atomical <clears throat> building block of Western civilization based on the Judeo-Christian ethic, and we have to destroy that. So let's come up with another set of uh, thera. Right. That results in the same thing. Heads, I win as a woman. Tails, you lose everyone else. I love that. Regardless, I, I do love it. You, you just, you're just so confused about what, what do you want from me? I mean, and a man can say, well, I'm a feminist. Well, there's no such thing as a male feminist. Well, maybe, okay, fine. I'm sorry. I, no, and now you beg for forgiveness for, for whatever you've see, done. See, that you have no idea. Have, see, we have you <coughs> absolutely reeling. Flummoxed, you know? I would say. Yeah, reeling. So, so on, on, you know. it just is a great example of what you said, Feeney. So, on the one hand, you have all these movies. Uh, a new one is coming out. It's a robot woman, but nevertheless a girl uh, called... Uh, Alita. Aliza. Aliza, yeah. something like that. Where's yeah, the that, poster? doesn't matter. I mean, there's, there's, you yeah. don't need to look at there's, the there's nothing... I'm just reminding <laughs> myself of the name. <laughs> it's, it's out there. Uh, you know, it feels like millions of movies. And get this, a surprise shocker. It's the lead... Uh, who is going to be, you know, a jujitsu sort of expert and fighting bad guys? It's a woman. What? Yes, and it's a true. robot. Yes, it's a robot and a woman. Boy, it's a woman. And can you imagine? Whoo! And the producers all saying, "I love it. It's absolutely fantastic. Go with it. It's never been done before, <laughs> except for every movie that you're seeing. Other than that, it's never yeah. been done before." Yeah. And. And, and and these these women or young girls for that matter they're jumping over rocks they're buildings they're superheroes they're you know you know somehow laying to waste all these otherwise very big strong men all the while doing stem yes that's right and they're still very pretty and uh, still very feminine and and everything else right so they're destroying these guys and, and Mission Impossible for example there's some of the lead uh, woman characters that kind of uh, go along with the Tom Cruise character they're fighting and and and. There's no issue. The men who are fighting her don't even think twice that they're fighting women. They just deal with her in the same way. You know, there's your equal access for you, uh, as they would a man. And no one, no one says, how dare you fight a woman like that? No, it doesn't even enter their mind. So you have that on the one hand. And then on the other hand, if a man actually does beat the crap out of a woman, a woman will correctly say, a feminist woman no less, this, you know, culture of violence upon women must stop. You know, and they... So, in other words, they correctly identify that you know men should not be 
violently opposing, uh, you know, punching dealing with women punching in women the in the face. face. In elevators when they're NFL running yeah, backs. Right. Yeah. yeah they, they, they correctly identify that. On the other hand, they try to make it seem as if there's no difference and a woman can, you know, defend herself as easily as a man and could. And serve in the military and be totally fine on the front lines. Good. Oh, like great example. And yeah. pass example. all of those firefighter tests where you have to carry a 200-pound person yeah. up and down a ladder in a fire. Yes. Oh, remember yeah. that one? Right. Yeah. No problem. Got it. <laughs> and then the very way... The, and do my nails. Yeah. The, oh, all at the same time. Did you watch the Super Bowl the other day? Of course. Did you see all the commercials? Because there's one I'm going to bring up real fast. Most of them, yeah. There was one that had like, a, it was like a girl power commercial. Wait, wait, I have no wait, idea can, what Can I guess something? Can I guess? Yeah, go is, ahead. It a, is it a car commercial? No. Okay. No, it was worse. Yeah, okay, no, go ahead. I, I don't even know what the commercial was for. It was almost like a quasi-PSA. All right. But it showed a bunch of little girls lining up to play to run a football play against the NFL's New York football giants. Yes, I saw on that defense. One. I did. Yeah. Now, what happens? The Giants don't play full speed. In fact, they just let the girls win. But the commercials say Girls can do anything. Wait a minute, that's <laughs> right. a perfect little uh, thi- uh, microcosm. What is it? Little microcosm of feminism. So right. women get to be right no matter right. what. The girls, right, right. they get to win no matter what. Now, if the Giants actually played the way they play against the Patriots, the girls would all be in the hospital. Of Some of them would be dead, right. and they would definitely not win on that play. No one would score a touchdown. But instead, the Giants kind of engage in. Uh, everyone gets a trophy on this play, yeah. and the girls celebrate. They spike the ball, and the NFL's, you know, with this PSA is saying, "See, girls can do anything. You're right, girls. Get out there and do it. As long as whoever you're playing against just lets you win." Well, <laughs> right? but, but it's a little bit like treating the um, uh, all women like they're they're participating in the Special Olympics, exactly. Right? And that's that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, look, you want to you want to be in the real Olympics? Okay, you know, it's not going to work so well, but. <laughs> We got the Special Olympics for you, where everyone's a winner, like you said. Yeah, but they don't line up girls against other girls and run a football play and say, "See, girls can play football too." Against competition at their appropriate level. Right. Instead, they're playing against actual pros. But while at, while at the same time having a whole discussion, national discussion about the dangers of concussions. <laughs> right. right? Like, so, yeah. so on the one hand, there we go again. So, but here's another interesting thing, slightly on. on you know, on topic and off topic at the same time. Uh, we were talking before about how, you know, sexuality. So feminism, you think of fe- feminism, at least, you know, we old schoolers on this, you know, during the first wave or second wave of feminism. Again, I never knew that there were waves involved in the first place and I wouldn't be able to distinguish one from the next, but I digress. <laughs> so the, the, the first or second wave, you, you almost imagine like these women who are, declare themselves feminists, they're basically saying, look, we don't want to be treated anything beyond uh, our brains. Okay, our, our brains are who we are and how we identify ourselves. Okay, so in other words, don't think of us as sexual beings. Think of us as, you know, mental beings. You know, that's, that's the, as opposed to mental cases, but that's another story. <laughs> so these mental beings. So they, they go around, the glorious dynamics and, and everything else, they don't, they don't really take care of their hair. They, they don't care of their, they take care of their bodies. They don't they wear any makeup on. hair when you say Oh, yeah. Well, that's true, yeah. <laughs> they, they leave that going. You know, hairy legs and all that stuff, really attractive. And uh, so we're all lusting after that big time, right? No, of course not. And so then, so that morphs into the third or fourth wave where somehow now uh, you're not supposed to be thinking about a woman's sexuality, but they nevertheless dress up, make themselves up, and act on, wait for it, wait for it, their sexuality. Okay? Everything about it is their sexuality. Yeah, you can't slut shame them, but you also can't look at them if they dress like a slut right. because there's nothing wrong with it. On the one hand and on the other. There you go. So exactly what we're talking about. It, it, is, it is such a, um, what, what's the word? whiplash that, that you're doing, literally and figuratively. So these women dress the way they do, um, and you're just, especially if they've got a nice body, you're just going to stare, and you just, you know, you can't help it as a guy. This is what, that's literally the way we're built. And you just imagine yourself, okay, I would like, I would like some of that, right? And, yeah, she leaves the Starbucks or whatever it might be. Uh, and then your kind of mind goes to another place, maybe to another girl, maybe to another topic in your mind. But nevertheless, for the moment, you are staring, and she wants you to stare. And these, a lot of these yoga pants, some worse than others, 
uh, you know, show every no, no, no. crevice Some of their body. better than others. <laughs> better than others. Honey, please correct him. <laughs> no, but, th- this, this message brought to you by Carbon 38 on uh, Swarthmore and the Palisades. There was a very funny meme uh, about, you know, they had a bunch of pictures of women in their yoga pants, different kinds, and there was kind of funny comments. And uh, some of them are like fat, so you know, whatever they, they, they comments, but they're, they're clever, really clever. And there was one where you just saw basically from the belly button down, and uh, it was a kind of a close up and a very nice figure. And you saw the woman, was clear, you see, the, clear, the woman's clearly not wearing any underwear, and you could see, you know, the, the outline of her vagina, right? So, it, but it was, you know, it's a little line there. And so, uh, the, so the meme was said, uh, I get it. You have a vagina. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny. And it's, it's so kind of hits the point home. Like, okay, so what, what do you want from me? Like, it's, on the one hand, you tell me, you know, don't, don't, you know, you've been saying all these years, all these decades, uh, my eyes are up here. And now you're saying, no, 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 look down here. This is, this is where it's at. Yeah, my mouth is down there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's what? Cool. But the whole, yeah. the whole point is the, the, the focus of, of my body is down there now. Okay, I don't really care for you to see the eyes. That, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah. See me as a, a wondrous intellectual and uh, as a spiritual human being, on the one hand. But of course, you know, let's get real. Look at me down here because that's where my worth really is. It's very, very bizarre. Yeah, and, look uh, how and, and everyone's yeah. wearing it. Well, well exactly. because uh, well, as a woman, you, you want attention, right? And no guy's going to pay attention to you for your intellect. That's right. never happened to me anyway. And so, you know, so it has to be your looks. Although in defense of yoga pants, I, I love to wear yoga pants because to me they're like you're they're wearing sweatpants, yeah. only it looks like you haven't given up. But I, I, it had to be pointed out to me, that angle. Right. And I was like, oh, oh, I did not realize that that was being so displayed because yeah. I just put them on like, well, I'm it wearing is. yoga pants. I wasn't thinking about that. And then so I started taking true. a lot of and pictures. And then, yeah, you know, guys started leering. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's, it's but, hard not to, you know, and, and we have, we all have daughters. that way, I guess. We, you yeah. know, we all have daughters. You have two lovely daughters. I have one daughter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to deal with this. We have to say, so what I do with my daughter, by the way, when we're driving around, um, my daughter is 10 years old. So we have to, you know, I have to worry about this sort of thing. A lot of the girls are starting to wear yoga pants. Not as bad as some of the, but, you know, but still, nevertheless, it's showing outlines that, that should not be doing for, for a 10-year-old uh, class. So what I do is sometimes on a very few occasions, there'll be a, a woman, let's say 25, 35, uh, on the street, and she's dressed very nicely. Nice, flowy dress, elegant, good style, um, and I right away pointed out to my daughter and say, look, looks very classy, very pretty lady, right? And we can look at her and we can say, that's class. So I, I show her the positive. That's and good. Yeah, is it, isn't it? And then, of course, there's plenty of yoga pants women to, to look at. And most of them, by the way, don't look very good in yoga pants one way or the other. It's only maybe 5% of them that they really look you know, quote unquote, hot. And we're sitting next to one of them. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, although but, you, can, you come to mind as something that. But I, wait, wait, I just one, one, oh, one, yeah, one, sure. one, I'll just wrap up the loop. So, no I will, it's so easy for me to say, you, you know, I won't name my daughter, I'll call her Jane. Jane, what do you, what do you think about that? What do you, what, what sort of message is she sending? Yeah. And, and this woman is all made up, you know, like just too much, you know, makeup in every department. Uh, her body, you know, she's showing up for boobs. Clearly, uh, fake boobs, and then of course the yoga pants. And I say, what do you what do you think she's saying? Does, does she respect herself? And the answer, of course, is no. And I said, do you, would you ever want to dress like that? No. Isn't it silly the message she's sending out? She she and she thinks that she looks great. Isn't that a funny? Isn't that sad, Jane? And she says, yeah, it is. So she's gotten that message. So it's the, both the positive and the negative. So anyway, go ahead. I was going to ask you, um, because we're talking about this, one Mm -hmm. thing, since you have a daughter, what would, and you're giving examples of women that are classy, Mm -hmm. who would you say in this crazy society with, who would be a good role model for her who's a celebrity? A celebrity. Who who toes the line between being pretty and classy, but Mm -hmm. intellectual, not using her sex as currency, but 
being elegant. I mean, who is that now? Yeah. Because it's hard to find a role model like that yeah. anymore. I mean, you can certainly point to older women, but then, of course, then they yeah. don't they, they don't relate to that. I guess what I mean is, is there one who's young? Who's, I don't, I don't. I, you, know, you know, you know, yeah. Hannah Ashrari and Christian Amanpour. Right. <laughs> no, well, no here, here's, here's one. I, I mean, do we have any good female role Je- models? Jennifer anymore? Gardner, I think is her mm-hmm. name. She's very pretty, and I, I've never... I don't recall seeing her in scantily, you know, she's, she's just usually in a very elegant way. Fortunately, by the way, I, you know, we have a couple of women that are not celebrities, but who work in my office, for example, who dress very nicely. And it was very sweet. She uh, said, you know, is there anybody, I asked my daughter, is there anybody that you think dressed really well and dresses well and very respectfully? And she pointed out to my then administrator, uh, we'll call her uh, Sally, and she said, Sally. And I said, yeah, that's a good point. And all of a sudden, it was great. We had a, a model to look nice. to. That's good. Uh, also, her mom, um, although I think, you know, her mom dresses, my, my wife, she's lovely, she's very pretty. She dresses very elegantly, too. And uh, there, there was a point where my, my wife would dress, you know, with these yoga pants. And I said, you can't do that. You cannot dress this way in front of your own daughter. You're sending the wrong signal uh, that, that it's okay to show, show off your booty. You do not know, ladies, you do not know how men think in this department. It's, um, it's like the U2 song, uh, you know, don't believe in forced entry, don't believe in rape, but every time she passes by, wild thoughts escape, right? It's, it's the way we think, okay? A woman does not think about raping a man, okay, or jumping on a man and just, you know, going to town on him. Why not? I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's my example, actually. <laughs> no one's thinking about doing that to you right now. So... Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> but so so, so no woman thinks this way, right? And uh, and you know they may be attracted to a man, but they imagine. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. They imagine kind of the first their mind goes to to kissing him, to being emotional with him, right? You know, touching him essentially, perhaps, but but not like sex, 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 right? Not pounding him, so to speak. Whereas a man, uh, he'll see a very attractive woman and it'll just in his mind, is jumping on her. That's the way it is. And by wearing the yoga pants, you are amplifying that. You are just reaching out and saying, jump on me, jump on me, jump on me. Don't you want this? Don't you want this? And it's, it's, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, and women don't about think the, about this. Like, so the psychology of women, and mm-hmm. I can tell you, because I'm a woman, so I'll plead guilty to, um, you know, but you hit a certain age, see. Sure. Nobody pays attention to you. My mom warned me that, like, at first, it's like, guys are just paying attention to you. It's right. great. You feel so pretty. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> totally dries up. Right. You're invisible. But then you're in your 40s, and there's the yoga pants. <laughs> and guys in their 20s are looking <clears throat> at you. Right. And you're not invisible anymore. That's funny. That's and, funny. Uh, you know, People I mean, want the attention. that's a really, you know, that's a very powerful, uh, yeah. you know, motivation because it's, it's hard when you're used to being not invisible to right. all of a sudden be invisible. Right. I know. It's, it's painful. You know, it's got to be painful. It is painful. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. You know, so then, so I guess what I mean is as much as we say we hate the attention, and I did hate the attention in my 20s and 30s. Right. I miss it now. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be uh, desired? Who doesn't want to be attractive? And it's, you know. Yeah. Affirming is a good a, word. Yeah. You know, that's a very, um, and it's sad it's affirming. And I like to think I'm an intellectual. Right, you but, are. But you guys are. don't guys don't care about my <clears throat> intellect. They, they they do so. they, they do. That's the thing is that you know well, this, a, a guy that just saw me doesn't well, but care the, about but my this, intellect. This is kind of going full circle to our main point, which is you know the nature of sex. What is sex? And mm-hmm. people don't ask that question. It's it's you know they, the questions are more important than the answers, like, as we often say in this this law firm of mine. Uh, who who asks the question? What is sex? Why is sex? What is it for, really? Um, and why is it so pleasurable? Intensely pleasurable. And and the thing we talked about, I think, a couple of podcasts ago, Ari, is, you know, when they, you know, you hear astronauts, you know, going into space, and you ask, they ask, uh, the reporter asks, you know, what was it like? And the astronaut will often say, better than sex, man, better than sex. Like, and you know, nah, not no. Nah. No, pretty cool. I'm sure it was a great yeah. feeling. Pretty awesome. Better sex? No. But what you're saying <laughs> is occurring to me, and I can only speak right. for myself. And it's again, 
you know, it doesn't make me look great. But sex to a guy is definitely pure pleasure. But sex to me and maybe other women is pleasure, but it's also power. Right. Because you can withhold it. Yeah. Or you can give it. And, and it's what you have when a guy meets you and you find him handsome. Right. It's, what, it's the dance of, like, luring right. him to make him think he'll have it. But too soon, then he won't call you back. You wait too long, he'll leave. So it's this dance. It's a and, dance, yeah. And the promise of it is what gives you power. Oh, right. my God, that's so more hot. Than, more than, <laughs> more the, than the actual pleasure the, of having it. It's the key master and the gatekeeper. Yeah. That's the And the, the power key. is better than the pleasure. Right. Does of your office sex. store have a lock? Okay. And could you excuse us? For that? <laughs> that's right. No, I mean, but I guess, and that's awful to say. But when you said it, it occurred to me like right. I don't think the first thing I think of when I have think of sex isn't the pleasure of it. Right. It's the power of it. I don't think you're wrong. Um, you know, it's interesting. I talked or to. I'm just a really <clears throat> particularly awful yeah, person. Yeah, and we actually had and a conversation possible. earlier, yeah. uh, similar in these veins. And uh, for me. The orgasm is paramount. It is, you know, right. and then the mess made and the visualization afterwards all right, here and we all go. that stuff. Yeah. But more than that, it, it goes to the woman's idea of the power of it. There's a power from my perspective, too, which is the validation that I was worshipped by this woman, by that part of her body. And the idea of being worshipped by as many women by that part of their body as possible, and then having them talk with each other and describe, you know, the mastery and the masterful construction this of this quite an genetically superior yeah, okay. being. Yeah, not, not surprisingly, this becomes all about Ari all of a sudden. Right. But that's, well, I, I want to make <laughs> two, two points that, that, that <laughs> stand out in my mind about where you're talking. Is about there a filter we can just get rid of Ari altogether? I mean, I, account for exactly. all the women. Here we go. Uh, yeah, there actually is. It's a. Uh, the first is if you notice of feminism from from all the stuff on college camp I and the, the waves to the yoga pants at age 40 mm-hmm. it's all about in many ways being in touch and synthesizing themselves as a sexual being right? right and celebrating that but there's never a celebration of men as sexual beings that's always a, just a disgusting threat well, okay so this is exactly where I want to go um, see, and, and, see, I'm useful. You're somewhat relevant, yes. Right. Thank you for being somewhat. A, somewhat of a bridge. <laughs> I so, knew you'd talk uh, about my prowess. So a really quick point on this is that, back to a little bit to Feeney's point, then I want to get to your point. Uh, you know, don't feel so bad that this is the way that women think. And it's, you know, Tammy uh, Bruce called it the power of no. Yeah. That the women need to use the power of no. Uh, and it's one of the pillars of being a woman. And no gives you power, and that's very important. If you if you say yes too often or don't say no enough, you end up losing who you are. It's it's a very important part. So don't feel bad about that. Secondly, uh, look, you know, men and women both have conquests, okay, but of a different kind. And I talked to a, a good female friend of mine who was a, a devout feminist, as it were, and she had to admit that I was right about this point. I said. Look, it's true that men have physical conquests, right? Uh, this, you know, he, he uh, you know, got to have sex with this girl and then with this girl. It's a conquest. You know, not all, I mean, look, there's, there's a conquest element to men having sex. It's not true for all men necessarily, of course, um, especially when you're married. You, know, you don't feel like you're conquesting when it comes to your wife. You're just having intimacy with your wife. We, we're going to get to that later. But women have what I call emotional conquests. All they really care about at the end is that guy likes me and wants me enough yes, to have sleep. Yep. Absolutely. See? I yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing. I, I it's had these to little admit epiphanies. That yeah. I loved that. Yeah, of course. And, and being married, one and, of the and that's where the validation comes. You don't comes. get that anymore. Yeah. No, I haven't conquested yeah. anyone. You know. That that see, that's not good enough for a man. A man can Sorry. sense that a girl likes him and probably would would sleep with him, but until he actually sleeps with her, he doesn't feel like he's gone where he needs to go in order to get that satisfaction. In other words, where do you dump the opposite sex, right? The, the, the man will dump the opposite sex after uh, you know, he's had her sexually and then abandons her. A woman will dump a man as soon as he says to her, hey, I, I really think you're cute, right? And I'd like to get to know you better. Dump, <laughs> right? If he's the wrong guy. I, he's yeah. the wrong guy, yeah, of course. If he's cute, you know. That's a different story. Um, but but it's again, it's a conquest. It, it, it's a, it's a great feeling, um, and and I and I noticed this, you know, after many. It, it was kind of interesting after a lot of experience in my own life. Um, 
how women will just kind of shut things down as soon as they find out that this or that guy has announced their interest in that woman. So that's one thing. Now, uh, going back to your point, Ari, about uh, pronouncing their sexuality and such. Yeah, celebrating it. Yeah, celebrating it. So isn't it interesting? We talked a lot about the male mind uh, and how it races to imagining a woman. uh, You know, they see a woman and they, wow, I just want to jump all over her, right? So our sexuality is very deep, uh, but it's mostly in the mind. And I'm pointing to my head right now as we speak. Uh, we don't wear tight clothing, generally speaking, unless you're a millennial or if you're gay. Or There's a couple of exceptions, of course. But, you know, the classic heterosexual guy, you know, we don't, we don't dress in such a way to say, how can we show as much of our body as we can? We're lesbians. Right? We want comfortable clothing. and We're, we're like lesbians. There you go. clothing and comfortable shoes. Yeah. We, but, you know, I mean, everyone, every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man, right, as they say. But, um, you know, just dress sharp, but not necessarily sexually. Okay, so sharp and sexual are two very different things, Definitely. right? So, the, and and what, the reason why a woman likes that, the, the reason, yeah, the reason why a woman likes that is because they see in, in a man who dresses with cufflinks, let's say, or you know, just you know, a, a uh, what do you call it, a pressed shirt that's not stained or whatever. They say, okay, this guy knows how to take care of himself, at least the basics, right? That's, that's a nice Absolutely. thing. Absolutely, and and uh, let's face it, uh, looks like he has some money because right. You know. Yeah, it, it, exactly uh, right. He's not too schlubby guy. He's not, so, he's not too yeah. schlubby, right? Yeah. So he, he's making a statement about himself in terms of his prestige and how he views himself at the very least. It's a nice thing. Uh, women, by contrast, uh, wear clothes, uh, not all the time, but you know, a lot of the time today, uh, with the eye in mind of how can I show off this part of my body the best? You know, here's the push-up bra, right? Here's, you know, this, here, here's a... Here's um, the Spanx. Here's, here's the Spanx that kind of lifts up my butt, right? Here's the one, here's the kind of uh, striping that makes, it makes my body look, look, look more slim. Yeah, here's the high-heeled shoes that makes my butt do this. Yeah, and my, my ankles it, or whatever, my that thighs. That my uh, buttocks in a beckoning way so the target within is... Well, accessible you look, and, to the man. To, right. to your point, because right. one thing that's interesting is like we're talking about mm-hmm. women with men. Right. But one thing that's interesting that you probably wouldn't know is that I, for example, I have a body where if I were to wear very tight clothing, I would look bam, boom and very slutty. It's right. just the way my body is. Right. I'm very well endowed. I have, you know, so. To be liked by women, right. I can't do that. Like right. uh, you know, like the school my children go to, right. I know that if I were to dress like I could look to get the adoration of men, right. then I would get the, the scorn of women. Of yeah. women. Right. And so that's another politic thing. If you dress like that, then you then women hate you, right. even though they understand what you're doing. Right. Maybe because they understand what you're doing. Right. And that's another thing that. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, they they they, they don't want men to be fooled, and uh, you know, it is the politics, and and I can't get into that because I can't I, because you women, you have to work it out amongst yourselves. Well, I I, guess, I, I can't get that. I guess why I'm I can only speak it, in, as terms of guy. Well, that's guy. The they, it's that something that she's saying that women. Have she has to, to factor it. They have to factor it in. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess why I'm saying it is because then. Um, yeah, that becomes a competitive thing with women because we know right. what we're doing for right. the adoration of men. Right. Like, you know, so. Yeah, anyway. it's, it's a reflection of your vanities and your insecurities at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I understand. So yeah. you've got these two different competing things, the way that men, on the one hand, they're very sexual in their mind, but not sexual in their outward appearance, and exactly mm-hmm. vice versa, less sexual in their mind, although they're in their mind they are very sexual, as it turns out. Yeah. Women do fantasize much more than we give them credit for. A little less than men, for sure. The, the studies have shown that it's about nine times a day in terms of an actual fantasy by men uh, regarding sex. Women, it's about seven, you know, a little less. But nevertheless, it's still there. So you're, you're smiling. What are you, what are you about oh, to I'm say? I'm just laughing you, because I, I think that most are you, you give me this look like you don't know what you're talking about, honey. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> laughing because I think that, like, I don't want to be outed in that way. If you guys know how much we enjoy sex, then we won't have as much power. That's true. So, you know, it's like... That's true. No, but, but, but we do know. I mean, yeah. it, that's the yeah. whole point is that women 
you're, you're speaking as if it's the year 1986 or something. I mean, it's not. It's not, it's 2019, and women are just throwing it all out there now. Yeah, they're yeah. saying they love sex all the time, and you know, not only that, but they're giving it up for free, and they're doing porn videos, you know, and uploading it for free. Um, so obviously they like sex. Yeah, and they like it a lot. You wonder if feminism was actually created by men because uh, yeah. it's really kind of it, more it's, advantageous for the man. Than except the except to the extent like, except to the extent yeah. of what you said in the very beginning, which is that men can't win, right? So that's that's the ultimate goal of feminism, and I think they're achieving that quite well. Oh, Me Too movement yeah, is like, oh, it's, they've gotten from men can't win to right. destroying men. Well, in, right. in a, that, yeah, that is a fifth wave feminism. Yes, good point. And the Me Too you know? thing, it's a great example, especially in yeah. the celebrity context, right? I'm not talking about the, the average Jane and, and the average Joe. Uh, where where there is some harassment going on and there needs some accountability, there's no doubt about it. But you you look at a lot of these actresses who go to Hollywood, they they take full advantage of the casting couch, as I think that's the phrase, right? Mm-hmm. And they they, uh, they they trade their sexuality as currency. There's that word uh, to get ahead. They have no problem with it whatsoever. And then they get to the top, and then they speak from their high altar about how horrendous it is and how they've been harassed and they've been pressured to have sex like lady you didn't have to do it okay well that's a lot of women who don't do right she's she's sitting on her high horse like some leader of the me too movement and that comes out what we all suspected she was you know riding uh willie brown's high and hard shaft to get her job right (laughs) this has been an ari david moment this is what's so (laughs) incredible about this is that would men attempt this in the workplace if women like that weren't uh doing things in the workplace right understand she's She's the worst kind of offender in this because she's the one who's making men think in the workplace, oh, this is available. Right. I offer promotion. I can get Willie, you know, wet here. Right. Right? And then she's the one who turns around and says, me too, me too, me too. This must stop. This must stop. Kevin Kevin on his beer. Yeah. You know, with her it's knitted all. brow and her, you know, scowl. They're very, they're very righteous. Having uh, taken full advantage of the sexual uh, yeah, hypocrisy that's that, out there. Yeah, created that atmosphere yeah. there. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, don't forget yeah. how, what put her on the map. Obama talking about how he liked her took us. Yeah, and she was just fine with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's true. It, it, it's probably no threat because she knew he was a, you know, a gay guy. But whatever. No, I'm uh, just saying. No, I'm totally not saying right. anything. You know, any of us don't know. That's how we knew mm-hmm. her name. Yeah. The other thing that's sorry. interesting oh, about the Me Too-ish stuff, though, is you notice how it only takes out beta males. You yeah. know, beta males who are trying to be alpha by being, you know, by trying to bite off more of the sexual Neil pie than Tyson. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Harvey Weinstein. So I'm supposed to believe this fat, you know what, is some alpha male like Chris Hemsworth? You know, of course not. No, no. I, by the way, I always resented those guys um, in the same way that you don't like uh, a lot of women that kind of trot out their, 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 their wares, as it were, for the purpose of getting their, the attention of men. And by the way, we do see it. So it's not, it's not that hard to see. Um, and it's, we, we often think it's pathetic. So... Please know that we actually do see that. All of us women are right to hate them. Good. Right. No, it's, it's, it is, look, where women, okay, there's, there's also, they go, women go a little too far. But the point is that these, these men, like the Harvey Weinsteins, who, you look at him, I think all three of us would agree, that guy's an ugly dude. Yeah, I mean, he's no got a lot of money. No matter how much I want that Oscar, I ain't sucking that. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, what? You warned the kids already. <laughs> That's true. All right. So anyway, the point is, he's he's ugly from the get go. He probably never was good looking uh, at, at any time of life. He's Gina Chapman thinking he, he exactly right. Yeah. He but, doesn't have a relationship with soap. Yeah, no. Okay, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to even go down that road. Body odor. So, okay. Anyway, the point, okay, point, point is, point is. That I've always resented guys who who do that. That like they pressure. Like um, if you want the promotional, I'll give you. I'll, you have to sleep with me, you, or anything. You have to sleep with me, or you have to date me, or whatever it is. Like I just thought, you, dudes, you're cheating, and that's just not cool. That's not the way that the true conquest, if you want to use that word, right? The true great joy is getting a, a woman to like you, not to. Entice her with goodies or threaten her with with baddies. It the idea is like I mean, isn't that the coolest thing to be able to 
draw a woman in by showing how smart you are, how funny you are. Yes, how good looking you are. Um, you know, not you, of course, Ari, because, you know, I mean, you're Ari. Well, it's, it's, uh, but, but anyway, it's the point. what happened with Feeney and I, which is <laughs> I played it so cool that when that magic moment happened, it just, it just kissed, blew right past She him. kissed me. Understand? Yes. That was the conquest. I got her to kiss me. Yeah, because, I got her to make the first move on me. See, that's that's that's, that's, that's what I truly uh, I, admire. I enjoy being spoken about like this. As a third person. Uh, I've been no, but no, but no, but look, boy gets girl, right? That's yeah. the thing. But how does the boy get girl? So you're cheating. It's in the same way that we resent somebody who cheats on a test, right? Who cheats on their taxes or cheats whatever in whatever way. We we don't like it. It's not not it's not fair play. And when a man cheats to get his sex, uh, either by paying for it, which is you know. You know, it's, it's an honest uh, trade between uh, two consenting adults. But nevertheless, that's still cheating in my mind. Uh, or, f- you know, threatens her or entices her with the promise of goodies versus baddies. You know, I, I have, of course, no respect for such a person. And um, you're demeaning the whole sexual process. That's one thing I don't understand about men. This might be getting in the weeds another way. But I don't understand how, not every man, some men yeah. can have sex with women and they don't care that they don't the woman doesn't want to be with them like that's fine with them like harvey weinstein every woman that he had sex with didn't want to be with him including his wife i'm sure right and that it's, he's fine with that well, or a prostitute well you're missing the point then you're missing you're missing the point the point is about conquest it, it, for yeah. such a guy it's purely about conquest it's about okay i had that woman and yeah, they don't care whether the woman wanted to it, have. Yeah, him. so when so when he so, sees when he sees that, that woman again, you know, five years later at a party or whatever, he gets to say, "I, I was forgive my my graphic uh, description. I was inside her. Okay, yeah. she, you yeah. know, she, you know, I was inside that body. I, I know when she looks you. like naked. I, yeah, you know, it's all just that about stuff. exploring yeah. the terrain. It doesn't matter if right. the terrain wanted to be explored. Yeah, he yeah. He, he plucked that uh, rose, and yeah. or or for that matter, he had a, a bit of that apple. Thank you very much. I, he, he's tried it. He's done. And he just he wants to go into the next appetizer, as it were. And that's the way some people like Harvey Weinstein, no doubt, and there's unfortunately too many of them, that, uh, well, you don't. Uh, and that's the, I'm so glad you brought it up. It's not too much of a nuance to bring it up. It, it is everything what you just talked about, because civilization is built on the restraint of that male impulse. That is what it's all about. That is why... And we are getting right to the point I want to get to. What is sex really for? Right? That is why we have been pushing for no sex before marriage. You would think that's like, wow, what a. I mean, the, the impulse for sex is so powerful. And yet, yet, we crazy Christians and we crazy Jews say, look, the ideal, and in fact, what God wants is to not have premarital sex. Sex after marriage, whoo, go, go to town, have fun. Uh, get into it as much as you like. But before that, uh-uh-uh, not a good idea. And and imagine how hard that is for a guy, especially a guy. It's hard for a woman, too. But for we men, wow. And, and when you factor in mm-hmm. that little part of the good book that says, and you shan't, I, the Lord says something along the lines of, and I would prefer you not to spill your seed on the ground either. Right, exactly right. And when you factor in how late people are getting married now. Yeah, that becomes hard. Well, there's another yeah, well, story. There's that's another story actually to that. a point that we sort of uh, have been sort of, you know, without saying, getting to, which is people should be getting married earlier. Right. People should be breeding earlier and starting their families earlier and making that kind of magical, important connection that uh, gets rid of this thing called loneliness earlier. Right. You know, well, this, we want people to find Mr. and Mrs. Wright when they're 16 and get married at 19 and start having kids right away. You right. know, it would be a good thing. It is fascinating, and this is one of the things I, I, I love it because it's really dovetailing exactly to the point where I want to get. What is sex for, right, at the end of the day? We started off this podcast in the same way that we'll end it, which is that, you know, it's sex seems simple enough, Right. You know, penis meets vagina, sperm meets egg. I need baby. to say that again. Say that again. <laughs> no, I will not. <laughs> All right. And, and baby results and uh, the children, and he grows up and the cycle repeats. Okay. Marriage, 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 all the way through. Great. Everyone, you know, propagates and society continues on, hopefully with the love of God. Okay. So it seems so simple. And yet we manage to, pardon the, pardon the French, F it up. We really do. 
ironically. What a perfect right? way to, to say it in this episode. Yeah. Right. But, but, but not only that, my little simple thing that I just said, and you wait till your marriage to, till you do it, and, and it is all the indications from nature, everything that we look around is tell us to do exactly that, right? You just brought up the first point, um, one of many that I want, but I, I don't want to forget it, which is this notion of loneliness, right? There is something, we, we feel this compulsion to be with somebody, to quickly find a dance partner and belong to that person and, and the other person kind of belongs to you. It's, it's the great feeling of belongingness is yeah, right there. Every, we have every that. Every John human Hughes being. movie is about that. Yeah. You know? and, and, and thankfully so. And it resonates to that very point. You pointed out a long time ago, Feeney, about the death of the, rom, the, the, rom, the rom-com, which is the romantic comedy. And you're 100% right. Uh, it doesn't resonate to people anymore. But, but again, it, we are, the loneliness factor is a big deal. Okay. Then you also add in the fact that people seem to be their most appealing, their most attractive, especially women, uh, in their 20s. Okay? And men, perhaps in their 30s. Well, perhaps a man who's 34 should meet a woman who's 26. Mm, ideal. Boom. Right? Or maybe 30 and 22. Okay. That seems to be almost perfect. Right? And then likewise, the fertilization, you know, the man, a woman's fertility is, is so great in her 20s. Okay? Maybe that's a signal. Ladies, <laughs> what do you think? Huh? Uh, and yeah, like, should you get pregnant when it's easy to? Right. Right, where right. you don't have to fight the system so much yeah. uh, and to kind of rely on extremely expensive science to achieve that for you. So then, of course, you've got the STDs, okay? So sexually transmitted diseases, of which there seem to be a jumble full of them out there, but not, not if you are in a purely monogamous relationship. You will not get a sexually transmitted disease or at least not an, an additional one. Uh, God forbid you had one pre- previously. But if you had no sex before marriage, and your partner had no sex before marriage, guess what? You ain't getting. You're clean. You're totally. You're, you're going to get no STDs. Period. That's it. And not only that, the more you have sex with each other, the more immune you are to other diseases. You know, you're, it actually immunizes you. It helps your immu- uh, immunity system. Is that the right word? Um, for other, you know, common cold stuff. It's it's healthy. That sounds like something made up by male scientists to get women to have sex with them. <laughs> yeah, only in marriage, yeah. That's a page no, no, no. Thinking. No, no, only, I'm talking about in marriage. So the, yeah. a male, I mean, I know you're kidding, but a male scientist wouldn't have done so. He would say, no, no. <laughs> hey, the, look, the, honey, what I discovered. <laughs> no, no, the, the promiscuous kind of sex, the premarital yeah. sex, he would think that that's, he would encourage that. But on the contrary, all the science shows that that is actually very unhealthy. Then to say nothing, of course, about unwanted pregnancies, it turns out that despite a lot of our efforts to, uh, you know, curtail to, to curtail unwanted pregnancies, you know, it, notwithstanding the pill, notwithstanding condoms, notwithstanding the IUDs and everything else we can imagine. Morning after pills. Morning after pills. Nice. It Take just it. it just seems like we still have this, you know, this abortion culture. Uh, people just get pregnant regardless. And, you know, it's just that is a complication. And it's nature again saying to you, don't. Do that unless you're planning to have a child. Yeah, it's like any it's like any sport, right? Right. Do it within these rules. Right. You play baseball between the white lines. Right. Right. You don't play football when you're playing baseball. You're playing, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, like you I took the golf ball yeah. into the hole, not out of bounds. Right. It's right. the same thing. The rules are there to help you. Right. Right. Yeah. Because without the rules, it is not the sport. If you do it this way, you can have all the pleasure you want, all the benefits, and none of the downside. Right. And if you got married like this and you're a responsible person starting your responsibility as early as possible, most likely you will be prosperous enough to afford any child you have. Right. right. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mind blown. How easy. Mind blown. There's one drawback to everything. You have to have sex with one person for the rest of your life under your model. Yeah, but... It's so but, much fun to have sex with... 100 people. I know, but you I know what? that's what we're told. You know? That's what we're told, and, and yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, it depends well, on the person you're married to. You're married to you or Michelle Pfeiffer or Angelina Jolie. Oh, who's going to top it? Look, you, you can, can kind of sense the passion of your partner before. You, no one says that you can't kiss before or can't fool around before. You can't do a lot of things that are sexual as opposed to actual you know, penetration and actual sexual act. Uh, you can do a lot of things. And so you can kind of see the, the passion of your uh, soon-to-be spouse one day, uh, you know, very early on. 
And, you know, look, if you both wait until you're married, then you've got, you know, this incredible thing that you both look forward to. It's not something that both of you have done many times before. And now, you know, look, the sex is, you see sex as an activity, the intimacy you have with, with this partner. That's how you view sex for the rest of your life, as you say. But nevertheless, if things are not perfect, you know, you learn together. You, you work it out somehow. Have you read a Jeff Bridges' article on this? No, no. He, wrote a, he very famously wrote an article on intimacy in sex and marriage because he's been married for like 35, 40 years, something crazy like that. And it's about how the sex gets better because the more you have sex with your partner, the longer you do, it's the intimacy that matters. Right. And how the sex, you can never simulate that if you're single. This article was considered very revolutionary and maybe even quaint by, right. by the press maybe six months ago or something. Because uh, it's such a revolutionary idea now. It is revolutionary, and and Which I'll say crazy. something. I'll, I'll yeah. say something that is obvious and is not revolutionary, but we live in a time where obvious things are revolutionary. So the obvious thing is, and we all know it. You know, when, when the first time you have sex when you're married, it's good. It's pretty damn cool. Even if you had had sex together before, before your marriage, then you get married. And is now that you've a got marriage sex. Yeah, it's a confession. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the point is, it still feels really cool. And the question is, why? Why is it that marriage sex, especially for the first few times, you feel like this is awesome, right? And then, even more powerful, sex with the intention of getting pregnant. That is pretty damn good sex, it's right? Sex, it's really exciting. You know, you kind of you visualize, you know, sperm meeting. It's, it's just so cool. Everyone it's knows. Exciting. Everyone would agree with me that this is a, that, that's a great ball, moment. Any ball. And it's such a revolutionary yeah. ball, idea <laughs> when you're first married yeah. that you could get pregnant and people will be happy. Right. Because before you get pregnant, people will be like, you did what? Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> or it's even so more important, you will be happy. Real, right. Yeah. Forget other people. It's a real like, mind thing because you spend your entire life being scared of it. Then all of a sudden you're like, wait, if I told my mom this time, she'd actually be excited. She'd be thrilled. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a really great thing because you, yeah. you're doing it with a guy or you're having a baby with this very uh, appealing guy your mom or, and dad have uh, hopefully approved and, and are joyous about. Uh, and, and that's a good thing. So the sex becomes even more intimate. And that is a great thing. I mean, look, we, we all know it. We, we all feel it. That's something when you, when you have great sex, part of the great sex is the, the, this feeling like nobody else in the world is doing what we're doing right now. Right? This is like we, we, we're locked into a time that nobody else is in. And it's really, really cool. And, and you wonder why that feeling is. Because I'm, I'm fascinated by why is sex so pleasurable? You know, and there's a reason for it, and I explore this. I don't know if it's if it's the right reason, but I think I'm, I'm onto it. Why is it? And I'll get to that in a moment, because <laughs> that's a teaser for sure. But here we are with with you know the other factors that scream at us that we should uh, not have sex willy nilly is the jealousy factor, right? The emotion. So there's emotions by the women especially. There's also emotions by the men. If, uh, if a man has sex with a woman and then uh, the woman says, hey, that was a lot of fun, you know, uh, maybe we should do this another time. And, and he kind of knows that she's with another guy, you know, three days later, kind of bothers him a little bit. In fact, maybe a lot, despite him not being married to her, despite him having said, you know, that's cool, whatever you want. You know, no, he doesn't like that. And the woman even less so. She, you know, there's a bonding that goes on when a, when a man uh, has sex with her. She connects with him in a very powerful way, an emotional way. So, again, that's, a, that's another factor that screams that sex is designed to be monogamous, uh, hopefully within the bonds of marriage. So all these obvious things are happening, and we don't take note of them. Instead, we try to force the pieces of the puzzle together that seem to fit but they don't really fit. And it screws up the entire big picture. And I, I find it fascinating. Um, everything that we're doing instead is saying, saying, you can have as many partners as you want. Uh, yeah, sure, you'll probably get herpes at some point, but, you know, who, who doesn't have herpes? You know, ha-ha, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And, or other sexually transmitted diseases, even HIV. Well, there's a cocktail for that. They'll take care of that. Don't you worry. And a whole bunch of other diseases, too. 
So they kind of minimize the disease part of it. They, and as far as pregnancy is concerned, well, you know, that's, there's an abortion for that. You know, and, and now in some states, you can do it all the way to the time of the birth. And you shouldn't feel bad about it. In fact, let's celebrate it, okay, because it's, it's not really a life. But that's another story. So you see all these screaming factors? Doesn't, don't they all together tell you, you know, the, the immunizing factor of, of truly intimate sex? That nature seems to be telling us to only have sex with one partner, hopefully for the rest of your life, and that you should work it out as much as possible, uh, and that the, all the emotions get lined up really nicely when you do that. Isn't that, isn't that kind of obvious at some point? So you, you reach that conclusion. So now the biggie. Why is sex so pleasurable? Why is it, right? So, I mean, because we talked about this before. Why can't, uh, you know, you can get me to, to do a lot of things um, to have a baby, let's say. I, don't, I mean, sex is very pleasurable. It's intensely pleasurable. But I could have, uh, sex could be about half as pleasurable as it is, and I'll still want a baby, right? I mean, you can make it. A great cappuccino. You know, Ari gave me a great uh, cappuccino this morning. That was a latte. A latte. I'm sorry. See, if you cared, you'd know. <laughs> <laughs> that latte is so damn good. You know, you can get me to do a lot of things uh, to help out, uh, you know, uh, with uh, with a great latte. Because I, if it's Could really great latte. Could you move this weekend? <laughs> Could you I take might very me well. to the airport on Sunday night? <laughs> no, but it's funny you say that because a lot of times you'll get some guys to help you out. You give them some pizzas, give them some beer. You don't pay them necessarily, but you treat them out, you know, good enough. You know, they, they have, a, have a sense, okay, that's a good quid pro quo, no problem at all. You don't need something as intense as sex <laughs> to, to get them to move. I really need you to help me <laughs> that's right. Barack so, says to Ari. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's, that, you know, you don't need that, right? Yeah. So likewise, to have a baby, you know, God says, be fruitful and multiply. But, you know, you don't, on a scale of, of 1 to 10, sex is a 20. Okay, so you really only need a seven. <laughs> so yeah. why, why is it not a seven? Why is it just around that? And I think the reason why is that it's not just to give you a great feeling so, so as to encourage you to reproduce. Because it doesn't make sense to me. Like I said, all I need is something as good as a really great latte, a really good pizza or whatever. Because um, I want kids. So just make it pleasant. That's great. I think the reason why it's so intense is has nothing to do with reproduction. I mean, it does and it doesn't. It has to do with the fact, and this is the Jewish interpretation, by the way, the fact that God is rewarding you for participating in the act of creation. You are creating. And you are deputies, as it were, to his creation. And you are, in a sense, he's rewarding with you seeing a little bit of God himself. That's, that's why sex is so great. Interesting. What do you think about that? This like is not it. a Brecklery uh, original thought, by the way. I mean, well, the, the, usually the, uh, when I'm The Torah scholars will agree with that. Usually when I'm approaching my um, you know, magic moment, I say, oh, God, oh, God. Well, that's true. Oh, God. As in back to when Harry met Sally. It's true. Everybody I'll have what she's religious. having in Cat's yeah. Deli. Oh God! It's a, oh God! It's an ecstatic oh moment God. that is that is much more than just the greatest roller coaster thrill ride. If that's what you like, roller coasters, or the greatest ice cream, or whatever it is, uh, you know, it's those can taste fantastic. And sometimes you bite into a great food, whatever it might be, that floats your boat, and you say, "Oh, it's heavenly! You've got to try this!" Right? So you say to your friend, um, and it is really damn good, but it's not the same. Yeah. as sex. Se there's something about it and you, I think you hit it on the head where you end up saying, oh God, oh God, oh God. Like, you feel like there's this connection and guess what? There really is a connection and that's awesome. Yeah. But God and, doesn't want you yeah. to waste that. God doesn't want you to waste that by spilling your seed for one thing. He doesn't want you to waste it he on just... He wants your big bang in the right place that's and in it. the right way. That's right. It's... And, and think about this. When God created this universe through that Big Bang, he did it the right way, right? <laughs> right, exactly. He, <laughs> did, he didn't do it in some, you know, waterfront whorehouse in, uh, you know, wherever, in some, uh, you know, port. You, you, you understand that the word bang is metaphorical, right? It's not, not meant to be sexual, right, Ari? I don't know if he's clear on this. Brock, you know how you said most men think of sex about nine times a day? Yes. I think I know where this is going. Stop thinking about sex maybe two times a day. 
what's that line in the poem or the song bang the drum slowly you interpret that differently than most people i'm hearing <laughs> yes <laughs> oh man oh man uh so one last thought on this uh we talked before about you know nuances and such and you know this all kind of gives lie to this notion that you hear from many feminists that men and women are exactly the same except for their obvious biological differences the boobs for women vagina for women penises for men and so on that's it thank you very much you know that's it and it's it's so funny because we know inherently that that cannot possibly be correct. We know, you know, a woman will never know the true mind of a man, and a man will not know the true mind of a woman, right? It, 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 hang on. And they just won't ever know. And there are so many nuances that it's... And, and vive la différence, as they say in French. There, there's a huge difference, many, many differences. And yet, and yet, when it comes to sexual identity, identities, they are willing to say there are so many. There are 57, 63, however many. And it's counting. You know, they're still going up every day. These are meaningless, uh, you know, sexual identities. Right. At the same time, this is a great contradiction. They tell us how there are no differences. Oh, but there are 57 differences. That's what I'm saying. That's my right? point. That's, that's the, on the one hand, and yeah. the other. Like, there are no differences between men and women when there are clearly far more than 57 Far more. I mean, it, it, you, we could go on for hours about the differences about the way men and women think, the way they perceive themselves and the perceive the opposite sex. And, you know, for, we just talked about sex is emotional for women, much more emotional. It's much more physical for men. Um, you know, men like uh, sports and, you know, uh, you know, all sorts of, you know, violence on TV. Women like more relationship-oriented things. It, it's too, too obvious. Men so, like finishing. Women like process and discussion. Exactly right. Oh, know. good example. There's just too many of them. But they don't want to discuss that. They just don't want. And there's, they're exactly the same except for their obvious biological differences. Yeah. But when it comes to sexual identities, well, then let's go into all the nuances and these nuances, the nuances they're talking about, mean absolutely zero. No, they're all they're the, all the most superficial things. They're idiotic. Like you know, oh, what's Caitlyn slash former dead name Bruce uh, wearing his makeup, right? Yeah. What's what's uh, ballroom step is Chaz gonna do, and how courageous is Chaz for ballroom dancing? Right. On TV. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it's 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 just so uninteresting and so irrelevant. Yeah. Meanwhile, the real I... difference, how interesting, just top of my head. I think I've mentioned this before. Is as I find this one fascinating. Is for me as a dude, um, sex for me is the completion of something. For her, sex is the start of something. Right. And it follows biologically in that same thing. When I ejac, I'm done here. When I eat Jack, she's starting here. Nine-month process, followed by a 30-year process, followed by a lifetime process. Right. right? Yeah. Me, I'm taking a nap. Her, she's knitting a pair of booties. Well, I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate how subtle you were in your description there, All right, it's, Yeah, uh, this makes yeah, it he's, pretty good. Yeah, that's Very right. Good. Exactly right. Yeah, it's nice. Years ago, a friend of hers wrote a great article that I think was entitled, Jizz is Just Jizz. And okay. That's this. Yeah, all right. Here we go. All right. You can cut that part out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, remind me to cut that part out at the end of this uh, segment. Edit, yeah. Okay, I'm glad so, I'm the editor, so I'll, I'll be able to leave it in. But isn't it funny? Because what's really going on is that the 57 genders, and again, counting, uh, what they're really doing, because it has nothing to do with reality. What it is is the 57 different kinds of fantasies. That's all it is. And you don't identify, and nor do I care, nor do I want to know that this person identifies himself as sometimes heterosexual, sometimes pansexual, sometimes a lesbian, sometimes a, a goat. I, you know, well, I don't care. Th those are your fantasies. They belong to you. Okay? But the things that are really relevant are the true differences between men and women, such as uh, the role of apology in a relationship, right? The, the processing versus the concluding, you know, getting things done. Uh, the aesthetic versus... The practical. These are wonderful differences to explore and to ask and actually propel our civilization. These, the, the notion of the 57 genders is, uh, is really mere, merely a discussion of the, uh, the way different people have sexual fantasies. Yeah. And that's totally irrelevant. And frankly... It's a matter of mental masturbation. Right. That's and all it's, it is. It's also and it totally denies science, which is interesting because isn't science... It denies... Right. What's so fascinating about what Feeney just said is it both denies science and faith. 
Yeah. So it denies science because science is obvious. Well, because women have more oxytocin right. after sex, for example. That's why we feel more intimate. Right. That's science. Yeah. yeah. But, but then, you know, faith and... Um, but, suddenly, but suddenly a he is yeah. a she, that's science too. Right. Yeah, right. but they're not going to get the oxytocin, but in their mind they're... Yeah. Their science magically yeah. becomes faith. It right. becomes science. Yeah. And yeah. and whenever it involves children, it's always about essentially um, uh, neutering the children by gender doing something to them to guarantee they don't reproduce. Right. Yeah. Stealing their sexual f- uh, uh, futures from them. Right. Well, because the only reason a person's male or female is the way they're socialized. So you take socialization out of it. Yes, that's the way they look at it. You're absolutely yeah. right. It's but then they contradict themselves by then taking the next step with uh, surgery and uh, hormone treatments. Okay, know? so I'm uh, wrapping it up by saying, look how where we've, we, we're, start, we're ending where we started, <laughs> which is talk, seeing things that are so obvious, right? Man has male parts, woman has female parts. They go along together, two pieces of puzzle. And actually, this puzzle ain't so difficult to complete. And we managed to F it up. Instead, we force these spits that just screw up the whole picture. <laughs> Let's get back. We have to unravel, unjam those pieces of the puzzle and get to work getting the real piece of the puzzle back together. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. 